A 2020 season rattled by the COVID-19 pandemic proved disastrous for Michigan, at least at that point in time. Jim Harbaugh was awkwardly waiting for a contract extension. Don Brown was fired. The team at a 2-4 and four record was in complete disarray, the offense being mediocre, the defense being one of the worst in the country. Michigan was winless at home, their only two wins being on the road at Minnesota and at Rutgers, and Michigan fans, including myself, were pissed. And rightfully so. We were very angry. Very angry. I, in the 2021 preseason, was calling for his firing nearly every single day. And every episode that I produced on the channel regarding Michigan football at that point in time, I think, included me mentioning how I think he should be fired this season. And by this season, I mean in 2021, in my own words. And if he does well, maybe we give him 2022, but that's it. Well, Jim Harbaugh promised to deliver like he had promised for all the years before, except this time he delivered. He hired in Mike McDonald. He promoted Sharon Moore from within. He took over play calling duties from Josh Gaddis and collaborated with Gaddis and Moore, brought in Matt Weiss as the quarterback's coach, promoted him to co-offensive coordinator in 2022, and revamping the staff. Michigan had recruited well. They brought in J.J. McCarthy. Joe Milton transferred out. Cade McNamara, who started in a few games in 2020, was the team starter, and Michigan rolled. They rolled and rolled, only losing to Michigan State, who finished in the top 10 and had a Heisman Trophy winning running back. He deserved it. He deserved the Heisman Trophy. If he didn't get hurt versus Ohio State or if there wasn't a bias toward quarterbacks, he would have won the Heisman Trophy. And if all those things still existed... If we could have looked a year into the future and seen how bad Michigan State would be in 2022, everyone in 2021 would have picked Kenneth Walker to win the Heisman. He was a Heisman Trophy winning running back, an elite generational talent. That was the team that Michigan lost to. They dominated Ohio State, won on the road against Penn State. They had several games in the season where they looked sluggish, but they were mentally tougher than teams before them. They crushed Iowa and Indy and lost to Georgia in the Orange Bowl. 2022, we all know the story. This past season, this team was the best Michigan team since the 1997 team that won the national championship. I think it was Michigan's best offense of the 21st century, rivaling the 2006 team rivaling some of Rich Rodriguez's offenses at Mich Michigan in 2009 and 2010 when Denard Robinson was playing there. And the defense outside of the TCU game was dominant. Jim Harbaugh delivered. And after 2020, I'm going to say this, after 2020, he should have, by the rules, by the book, by the procedure of any program with any sort of elite status or desire to be elite, he should have been fired after 2-4 and four and after 2020. But he wasn't. And Ward Manuel, in one of his only good decisions, by far his best decision at his tenure at Michigan, 
was to give Jim Harbaugh some extra time. And it may not even have been done with a good idea or good conscience in mind. It might have just been the easier, pardon me if I say this, lazier option. And it worked out perfectly for Michigan. Now Michigan, their football program is the best sports program by a mile in their athletic department. And I have them as my number one team in the country, and I think they're going to win the national championship this season. They return quarterback J.J. McCarthy, their top five in returning production overall, and they have amazing players. Ever since 2020's disaster, Michigan has rebounded to be, if, if you're just looking from 2021, 2022, up until now, a top four program. Top three program. Maybe, though this is pushing it since they haven't won a playoff game, a top two program. Georgia is the only team who full stop is number one because they're the only team who over the past two years has won a national title, winning it back-to-back, and they're looking to three-peat this season, which, despite the fact that I don't think they will, they very well could. I think they have the highest floor out of any team in college football with the way they're recruiting and with their easy schedule that gives them a good road to enter the college football playoff. I think they're guaranteed, in my opinion, to probably get 12 wins, whether that means they miss the playoff and win their New Year's Six Bowl, or they reach the playoff and lose in the semifinals, whatever. Being guaranteed 12 wins is a high honor. I think Georgia's the only team that's capable of that, partially due to their schedule, a lot of it to their talent, and Kirby Smart and their amazing coaching staff. Michigan has a coaching staff this year that I think rivals Georgia. They have returning production that is certainly superior to both Georgia and and their arch-rival, Ohio State, who is my number two team in the country, Georgia's number three, where Michigan lacks is recruiting, on-field talent. Georgia and Ohio State have far superior star power and star talent compared to the Wolverines. I think Michigan makes up for that in general due to development, but not entirely. Raw talent and development, while they do go hand in hand, there's only so much you can develop until you hit the ceiling. You want to have as many four- and five-star recruits as you can. It really helps. Change one player from a three-star to a five-star in your starting lineup, and that can change a game if he's properly coached. Michigan, I think, though, can make up for it and then some this year because they're high returning production. After 2021, Michigan was not that high in returning production. They were not number five. I think they might have resided. I think they for sure resided outside of the top 25 after 2021 in terms of returning production. And then when Cade McNamara was benched, they started a new quarterback new team leader, there were a lot of things that could have went wrong for Michigan. And instead, they reloaded and got better. Now everyone's coming back, and I think that Michigan is once again going to reload, regroup, they're going to improve, and they're going to make up for two disappointing college football playoff performances by winning it all this season. There are many reasons for them to win it all. There are also many reasons for them not to as is the case for any team who can win a national championship. I think among Michigan in 
the highest tier of college football, the teams that are truly in the hunt to win the national title, I would say tier 1A, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, and then just below them, teams who I think can win a national title would be Alabama, Washington, Wisconsin, Penn State, Texas. If you want to go a little further, LSU, Florida State, Clemson, that could be Tier 1C would be those three. The former teams that I just mentioned could be Tier 1B. Those are teams that certainly I think have a good chance to reach the national title game. Winning, it's a different task, but if you reach the national title game, you at least have somewhat of a shot to win it all. Michigan hasn't reached the national title game, but I think with a strong run game, an offensive line that brings in three four-star transfers via the portal, and brings in two four-star high school recruits and retains Zach Zinner and Trevor Keegan, who were all Big Ten caliber, some would say all American caliber guards. I think that the offensive line is set to be good. Colston Loveland, who was a true freshman last year and had some big-time moments and receptions, since Eric All went down with an unfortunate injury, he's going to be starting tight end along with incoming transfer A.J. Barner. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards return. That is the nation's number one running back room. The wide receiver room loses Ronnie Bell, so there are some questions there. But Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson are proven players. Darius Clemens is a player that has been reported to have a very high upside, highly recruited out of High school in the 2022 recruiting class, Oregon and Auburn were competing with Michigan for him. And then at quarterback, you have J.J. McCarthy, who had one of his worst games along with his entire team against TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. With one additional year of preseason work, I expect him to take leaps and bounds forward with progress. Some background information just rankings from all across the web, including my own personal rankings, returning production record over the past few seasons, and their schedule. Michigan is the eighth worst schedule in the Big Ten. And by eighth worst, I really mean the eighth hardest. And they have the 21st hardest schedule in the country. So they're in the bottom half of the Big Ten in terms of strength of schedule, which of course is projected. None of the games have been played yet. That could change to one of the best strength of schedules or one of the worst, depending on how the teams that Michigan plays do overall. Like if Ohio State and Penn State go 9-3 and three and fall flat on their face, Michigan's strength of schedule is going to plummet. Especially because while Michigan's ranked number 6 in ESPN's FPI, Ohio State is ranked number 1. Yes, the Buckeyes are the favorite to win the national title, win the Big Ten, and to be the number one team in the nation, according to ESPN's FPI, who is Michigan at six. FPI is practically an outlier, though, in ranking Michigan 24-7 sports. Their parent company, CBS, who has their own rankings, ESPN and Sports Illustrated, all of them have Michigan at number two. Michigan and Georgia are the unanimous top two teams in the country. No one really argues that. Michigan is unanimous at one, though. Georgia's unanimous at one. That, that's the only argument for the top two, is how do you rank the top two, not who's in it. Georgia's one, Michigan's two, no questions asked really for those those websites. I have Michigan at one in both my personal rankings and 
power rankings. In fact, my top three in my power rankings and personal rankings align exactly. Michigan's at one, Ohio State's at two, Georgia is at three. Though they are very close together, so if one team just perform, if all three teams win and one slightly outperforms the other, the rankings could change rather quickly. I have them all ranked pretty close together, and they take a neutral field and face off against each other, whether it's Michigan versus Georgia, Georgia versus Ohio State, Georgia versus Michigan, whatever matchup you want to paint, it's more likely than not that the winner overall would win the game five, six, maybe four times out of ten. It would be an entertaining ten-game series for that top three, to say the least. The Wolverines, most importantly, as I mentioned earlier, are number five in returning production. And what that means is practically all of the experience from last year is returning. And what's important is look at skill positions. Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson were two starters at wide receiver. J.J. McCarthy was the starting quarterback. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards were the two best running backs who got the most playing time. Zach Zinner, Trevor Keegan, they were the two starting guards. Trente Jones, Carson Barnhart, Giovanni Elhadi, those are offensive linemen that got playing time in the rotation, part of the two deep. They returned from 2022. Drake Nugent was one of the nation's best centers. He was rated as the third best center, according to PFF, ahead of Michigan's Olu Aluatimi in 2022. He's coming in from Stanford, along with Miles Hinton, who's a, ta- a tackle from Stanford. Ladarius Henderson, highly rated tackle coming from Arizona State. He's transferring in as well. And that's the offense. There is so much offensive production that is returning. Practically all of the skill players, Colston Loveland, Luke Schoonmaker, those were the top two tight ends for Michigan last year. Schoonmaker got drafted by the Cowboys. Colston Loveland returns. You have most of your starting skill position players returning for Michigan. And looking at the blockers, the linemen, tight ends, tight ends are like a hybrid skill position block unit. They return a lot too, about like half of their starters from 2022. On the defense, the defensive line takes some serious hits, but Mason Graham, Chris Jenkins, those two got significant playing time along with Mozzie Smith on the interior of the D-line, Derek Moore, Jalen Harrell, Braden McGregor, they also got playing time along with Mike Morris, who was the best defensive end in the Big Ten. He also departed to the NFL. Josiah Stewart is transferring in from Coastal Carolina, where in 2021 he had a 10-plus sack season. At linebacker, Junior Colson, Michael Barrett return. Those were the two starting linebackers last year in Michigan's and Jesse Minner's 4-2-5. And Ernst Hausman, the second-best player in the transfer portal, according to 24-7 Sports, he's transferring to Michigan from Nebraska. And then finally, you got the secondary. And the secondary, secondary loses DJ Turner, which stinks. DJ Turner was an insanely fast corner, had a lot of potential, and listening to a few people provide their opinions on his speed and who he was and watching him too, DJ Turner, I think, you might be able to compare him to Donovan Peoples-Jones or even guys like 
Devin Bush, Rashawn Gary, like players that Michigan could have totally developed better, gotten more out of, used more strategically, and they just didn't do it. But at secondary, Will Johnson, who got playing time and was a, a great player, had elite rankings for the time that he played very efficient corner. He's going to be starting as a sophomore. Makari Page, who's a great strong safety, he's starting. Rod Moore, who took a great leap forward, he's going to be the starting free safety. Jaden McBurrows and Amorian Walker are battling it out for the corner spot opposite of Will Johnson. It looks like McBurrows, as of May 22nd, holds the opposite corner spot, which I think is good. He's a redshirt sophomore, whereas Amorian Walker's a sophomore, so he has a year over him. And Amorian Walker did not look good in the spring game and was a wide receiver last year. And then we have Mike Sanristil, who's the starting noseback. Really good guy in coverage. He made a seamless transition from wide receiver to defensive back. And then special teams is an area where Michigan returns the least at. Starting kicker and punter, as of now, are projected to be Tommy Doman. But of course, we all know the good news that Michigan got a commitment from former Louisville kicker James Turner, who has two years of eligibility. So he'll probably be the starting kicker. Tommy Doman will probably handle punting duties. That's at least how I would project it. So depth chart done. The schedule, it's really Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. Maybe the road game against Maryland, since that's squished in between Penn State and Ohio State. And then Minnesota, maybe Nebraska. Those are the six toughest games for Michigan. The other six are cupcake, immediate guaranteed wins. And looking at the six toughest games, Minnesota, Nebraska, Michigan State, and Maryland don't, in my opinion, have the talent or the coaching staff to really compete with Michigan. Overall, I think Michigan should handle all of those teams. On the road against Penn State is why the Nittany Lions will be a challenge. If this game was in Ann Arbor, I would blindly pick Michigan to win by like three or four touchdowns. I think Michigan is that better, that much better compared to Penn State. I think they have a much superior staff. The biggest area of disparity is trench play for those two teams. Michigan has a wildly better O-line and a wildly better interior D-line, and I still think they have a better edge presence than Penn State does. That's the biggest disparity between those teams, and I would go as far to say that like even the running back room, quarterback, there are other parts where Michigan's just much better than Penn State. What makes it difficult is that Penn State is A, going to be out for blood, B, it's in Beaver Stadium. And whereas most home field advantages give you maybe a field goal, maybe four points, I think Beaver Stadium gives you anywhere from a full touchdown to double-digit points if you're Penn State. The home field advantage and the presence there, it's unmatched. Like the noise, the environment, I've been there. And believe me, that's going to be a tough game for Michigan to win. But I think with superior talent, experience, and coaching, they'll win that game. Ohio State is the team that I would never blindly pick Michigan to do anything against, whether the game's in Ann Arbor, a neutral site, or on the road. Ohio State has better talent in theory and by star rankings compared to Michigan. They actually return more production than Penn State does, and 
They've only lost two conference games in the past four seasons under Ryan Day, both to Michigan. So I'd pick Michigan in that game because it's at home, and Michigan matches up well with Ohio State. But Ohio State, they're neck and neck with Michigan. Many have Ohio State as their number one team. I know that Josh Pate's very high on them. ESPN's FPI is high on them. There's a reason to like Ohio State football. I think them and Michigan are neck and neck for the Big Ten. And this game, if it was played in Columbus, again, I would pick Ohio State to win. So home field advantage and Michigan matching up well, those two combined are a huge reason why I'd pick the Wolverines to win the game for the third year in a row. Looking out to 2023, to no one's surprise, I think that Michigan will field the number one running back room and the best offensive line, again, in college football. Now, the difficulty with Michigan, as you see here in these predictions, is how will they fare in playoff games? Because Michigan's O-line, and I made a comment about this, they're the best in the nation in the regular season. That's why they win the Joe Moore Award. It's not that the Joe Moore Award, in my opinion, is necessarily biased toward Michigan football. It's that they're, they look the best in the regular season. The problem is, I don't know, what is it? And I'm not going to say the weather, because even though the weather has an impact, to get manhandled by Georgia... In hot Florida, that's understandable. Georgia has more talent than you. And yes, maybe the weather played somewhat of a factor. But Arizona and the Fiesta Bowl, it's dry heat. It's not as muggy. And you're playing TCU, who is wildly inferior talent. Michigan has a talent gap that is in favor of the Wolverines over TCU that's comparable to Georgia's over Michigan's. And yet TCU manhandled the Wolverines, and the Fiesta Bowl. So I don't know what exactly it is. Might be poor coaching, might be scheme. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it's probably a combination of those two. I think that Michigan will also have the best linebacker and defensive back rooms and have the number one defense in America. Michael Barrett, Junior Colson, Ernest Hausman. That is an amazing group of three linebackers. And then the defensive back room, look, there are some questions opposite of Will Johnson, but I trust in Jaden McBurrows more than I do Amorian Walker. And Michigan, let's not forget Steve Klinkscale and what he did at Kentucky and what he has done at Michigan. Michigan's defense and Michigan's secondary, might I add, not Georgia's, not Alabama's, not even Penn State's with the reputation of NFL backs, defensive backs, none of them were able to shut down Ohio State's vaunted passing game. None. Only Michigan could do it. And in 2021, part of it was pass rush. But in 2021, if you really watched the game, Michigan's coverage only allowed, at least in the first really three quarters, except for one bomb to Garrett Wilson, which didn't matter how well you covered Garrett Wilson, that was going to be a touchdown. Michigan did not allow, in coverage, any deep balls, any medium balls. It was only short passes that took time off the clock. And that's how Michigan wanted it to go, because you can't stop Ohio State's offense. you got to limit it. And it was the same thing in 2022, except in the second half, Michigan shut down 
Ohio State's offense outside of a long pass to Emeka Igbuka after Michigan went up 31-20 to and after Jake Moody missed what would have been his 2022 long field goal. So this secondary is, it's been elite over the past two seasons in general, but again, the playoffs, there's something weird with the playoffs that I think Michigan, they will remove that demon from them this year. Jim Harbaugh, 2015 wins a bowl game, and he has not won a bowl game since. And I think that, I don't know what it is, but I think that the returning production will certainly help with that, the experience, the wanting to get to a national title. I mean, Michigan was much closer last year to winning it all than they were in 2021. Part of it was the semifinal matchup they were placed in. It's a large part of it. But 2022 Michigan was a lot better than 2021 Michigan. They were they were different teams, and both were good, both were great, but 2021 Michigan, at best in retrospect, was near elite. 2022 Michigan was actually elite. They really were. And eight, seven times out of ten, they would have beaten TCU, but those theoreticals don't matter. TCU beat them, TCU manhandled them at the line of scrimmage, and in my opinion, that's why I think it's very understandable to not have Michigan at number one. They beat TCU and lose lose to Georgia in the national title game. There'd be a lot more people who'd be willing to pick Michigan with their superior returning production, especially at quarterback, running back, and the amazing job on defense that they've done. A lot would be more willing to pick Michigan as number one, but because they haven't taken that next step and won a playoff game yet, it's understandable. And in 2021 and 2022... I know that I, you might you might be thinking that I'm being very optimistic for Michigan, and I am a Michigan fan, but I picked correctly the over for Michigan's preseason win totals in 2021 and 2022, which were seven and a half and nine and a half respectively. I predicted Michigan to go eight and four in 2021 and eleven and one likely winning their bowl game and finishing 12-1 and one in 2022, with the only loss being to Ohio State. And correctly predicted the over for those win totals. This year, the win total is 10.5. I think that they're going to go over that in the regular season and go 12-0. and 0. But I picked them to beat Georgia in 2021 very wrongfully, and I picked them to blow out TCU, understandably, but also wrongfully in 2022. I think they're going to change that this year. We'll see as the season progresses if I still think that Michigan is the national champion or they're going to be the national champion because things change. I thought Ohio State was the best team in the country and it was really not going to be close outside of Alabama in 2022. And it ended up that by the end of the regular season, Even though Michigan had the better resume than Georgia, I looked at how Georgia played against LSU and how they were playing period with Stetson Bennett and how they beat Oregon, and you couldn't really argue that Georgia was the best team in the country. So things change. I'm very excited for this 2023 season. I'm excited for 2024 and beyond when the 12-team playoff and conference realignment are more so set with how things currently are projected to go. 
and I'm excited for Big Ten football. So if you like Big Ten football, if you love college football, if you're a Michigan or Ohio State fan, especially any college football fan with passion, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video down below. Make sure to like it, and if you're listening via Spotify, please follow the channel. Have a great day, guys.